Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening where we are set to respond to another question, a question that has been in my queue for quite some time. And, you know, as I've said before, from time to time, I get a question and I, I need to sit with it. You know, so many of us feel compelled to just be able to respond to every question we get right away. And that's all fine and well if we can do that. And to some degree, we should have a knowledge base at our fingertips where we can speak to uh, the question being asked. But as I say that, we should always be mindful that a question is going to be best responded to when it is discerned, right? And uh, I dare say the good Lord called me to, challenged me to (laughs) discern a response to this question. And the question is this, what is theology and how do we do theology? And I love that part B to the question. Just not what is theology, but how do we do theology? So this is our task this evening to reflect and respond with that question. So this evening, my intention is to respond to this in a way that is not just for the theologian out there, but the one who is listening to this radio program maybe for the first time. Why? Because, in a manner of speaking, while some are called to get, yes, advanced degrees in the area of theology, all of us are called to understand what theology is all about because it lies at the heart of our faith. What do I mean, you ask? Well, the answer essentially is going to be this evening. By way of overview, I will define theology to then underscore the essential branches of theology or kinds of theology so that we might better understand the wider definition of theology. And those specific categories of theology will be natural theology, spiritual theology, and biblical theology. There are lots of theologies, (laughs) if you will, but uh, those three, I think, get at the heart of responding to your question. All right, so We define theology as simply, my friends, the study of God. The study of God, right? Ology is the study of Theo, God, so the study of God. But as you ask, how does one study God, right? Really, that's the question, I think, that lies at the heart of what is theology and how do you do theology? I mean, if there is a branch to study, then does that not assume there is an objective discipline to read? To, to study, to ponder. In other words, something, my friends, has been revealed about God outside of what we might think of God. You know, one does not become a, a geologist because he has an opinion about rocks and earth, but because he has studied about rocks and earth, <laughs> okay? The same is true of theology, the study of God as it points to a study of something that has come from outside of us, just not another opinion. I'm not going to be sitting here in this radio studio this evening offering you my opinion about things, okay? You've asked me a question, and I'm going to answer that question based upon, yes, 
subjective reflection, but by the grace of God go I, a subjective reflection that's going to be based on revealed truth, right? Revealed truth. Okay, so we have a nice working definition of theology that comes to us from St. Anselm on the hills of the study of God. St. Anselm reminds us that theology is faith-seeking understanding. So, so if we are going to define theology as the study of God, we must always keep in mind that is never enough because ultimately what we're after here is something active, something very specific, something concrete. And I think St. Anselm hits the nail on the head here, faith-seeking understanding. And here I would like to turn our attention to sacred scripture. Because I think we have something in the opening verses of the Gospel of Luke that might help us understand what this definition of theology is all about. Take the narrative of Zechariah and put it next to the narrative of Mary. Certainly this is what Luke uh, wants us to do, right? Because the narrative of Zechariah and the angel Gabriel coming to Zechariah comes right before that great angelic salutation where the angel Gabriel comes bearing extraordinary news to this humble woman from Nazareth. Why are we made to juxtapose one next to the other, Zechariah and Mary? In many ways, what you get when you compare Zechariah and Mary is a deeper understanding of what it means to question. What do I mean? Well, Zechariah questions the angel Gabriel, but he questions the angel in a more contemporary, uh, secular sense. He doubts him. There's an absence of faith in what this angel is proposing. Mary, on the other hand, she questions God in the truest sense of what it means to question. Now, the word question comes from a Latin word that translates as uh, to quest, to seek. Yes, Mary says, I know not man. But when you translate that narrative, it's you know, I know not man, but how are you going to do this? There's this expectation that although I know not man, you can do this. So here you have Zechariah who questions God in this context of doubt, and Mary who questions God within this context of what it means to truly question, to seek to understand. Do you hear it, my friends? Do you hear it? What does theology mean? Faith, seeking, understanding, Mary, it could be said, is the first theologian, if you're going to define theologians as one who, with faith, seeks to understand. Now, as I talk about this, <laughs> this reflection highlights that theology, and for that matter, doing theology, presupposes what? But the gift of faith. Yeah, on one hand, we can say that we can get to know something about God as it relates to natural theology, and we'll talk about that here in a bit. But if doing theology is going to serve its purpose, then it must put faith in the discussion. To know is to love, and to love is to know. We were talking about this yesterday, Father Mike and I, in our reflection on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You know, Indiana Jones, he's in the classroom, and he says, archaeology is about facts. Facts. Okay, good, Indiana. Good. But does not the fact serve a greater purpose? Could we not say that coming to know something about someone is serving a greater purpose? 
Why? Because to know is to love. And the more we come into contact and encounter that love within the context of faith, well, then to love is to know. It's just not about facts, but in the end, about a deeper understanding of what that fact points to, something beyond itself. And again, this is prepping our discussion for a reflection on natural theology. We'll get there here in a bit. Now, Thomas Aquinas adds to our discussion of theology and doing theology. Why? Because for Thomas, theology proceeds by argument. And by argument, St. Thomas means an exchange of ideas where we listen to one another. But my friends, what does it mean to listen to one another? Well, according to St. Thomas, to listen is to make the secret judgments of our hearts vulnerable to the thoughts of another. You've heard me talk about this before. That vulnerability is a very important principle to theology, doing theology. In other words, my friends, to listen is to put your judgments in question in the truest sense where you're seeking understanding. Because theology always pursues truth. I have something to say. You have something to say. We can learn from each other. And here again, I'm not talking about you have an opinion, I have an opinion. No, this is more about you have learned from, from a great professor, I have learned from a great professor. Let's learn from one another. Let's discuss the principles that we've come to know. We can learn from each other. Never at the cost of negotiating truth whereby we say, you have your truth and I have my truth and let's be on our way but in the willingness to discover truth itself. Oh, by the way, <laughs> the whole of the structure of the Summa, St. Thomas Aquinas's great theological work, which is widely regarded, of course, by Catholics and non-Catholics alike, and the whole structure of the Summa is arranged in such a way so as to create an argument. As you've heard me say before, <laughs> there have been very few better arguments against the existence of God than what Thomas Aquinas himself has posited. But to those theoretical contentions, he responds with great eloquence. The whole idea for Thomas is to establish an argument for truth's sake. An argument for truth's sake. And remember, the word argument coming from the Latin argumentum is best defined as uh, to prove, to reason through something. So we're not talking about this, this shouting match, right? But what is a debate? So asking questions was very important to St. Thomas Aquinas, as was listening. Why does Jesus Christ ask so many questions? He asks over 300 questions. He desires to stimulate dialogue. And many of the questions he was asked, he responds to those questions with what but a question. It was rarely a Q&A with Jesus, but it was a Q&Q. Why? Because he wanted to stimulate dialogue. And by stimulating dialogue, he was going to stimulate that, what were we just talking about? That art of listening. So doing theology means that we argue, but in its truest sense, where we dialogue with one another. And note here, that dialogue comes from the Latin dialogos, right? Which essentially translates as two people sharing words about something. Now, logic is the instrument to reason. Logic is the instrument to reason. So we apply our logic, informed logic, 
to our conversations. And we debate. We argue. That's good. That's good. I, I know someone came up to me, oh, about a month ago and said, Joe, I, I heard that you said it's, it's good to argue. Why would you say that? Well, I would say that because the problem today is we've stopped arguing about things. Insofar as we've stopped debating about things. It's problematic because, well, we now just put up with each other. We just tolerate each other. And we don't have conversations about real things. We've reduced our dialogues to who the best basketball player is. Let's talk about infinite, eternal, everlasting matters. Oh yeah, it's fun to talk about who's a better basketball player, who's a better baseball player. But brothers and sisters in Christ, those matters, those matters don't have infinite value. Unless somehow you can use that conversation to make a point about Christ. <laughs> Let our conversation start being a holy conversation. Amen? Amen. Okay, so speaking of our reason, <laughs> as I hinted at earlier, there is something called natural theology. Natural theology speaks to what God has revealed. God has revealed some things to us that are accessible by our natural powers. Could we not say that we can recognize order and beauty that evokes such a wonder within us that we can actually discern the beauty of these things cannot account for themselves, and as such, point to something beyond us. And here, of course, we are talking about creation itself, God's love letter to man, the first letter written by God to man, right? Here again, we can apply that salient truth as it comes to us from G.K. Chesterton, where he said, science can only conclude in conclusion. I think this was a point we made yesterday evening. Yes, science is a gift, to help us better understand the natural world. But in the end, it points beyond itself. Its conclusion is that there's something greater, there's something infinite. Huh? All right, so theology is attached to creation, but not limited to it. Because from the beginning, God was walking with man in the cool of the night. You see, my friends, theology is relational. There is an interesting caveat story here. In the um, 1960s, one Rabbi Herschel was writing a book on the Bible in which he originally titled The Bible Man's Search for God. And then, and then he got to those first words of God recorded in the Bible when he was pursuing Adam and Eve and he asked the first question in the Bible, where are you? And so what did Rabbi Herschel do? He changed the title of his book to <laughs> The Bible, God's Search for Man. Right? So no longer was it The Bible, Man's Search for God, but The Bible, God's Search for Man. And so theology is relational and always deals with our response to that question. God's question, where are you? What's the first question in the New Testament? You know, the first question in the Old Testament is God saying to man, where are you? The first question in the New Testament comes to us from a very unsuspecting character, or should I say characters, the three wise men, the magi. Maybe we, we call the magi the, the three wise men because they posit the greatest wisdom that starts with the most important question. Where is he? Where is he? 
Now man is searching for God. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, theology as faith-seeking understanding is a theology of encounter, a theology of relationship. Now, something else here to consider is that theology has to do with this revelation that God has made for us, even in the face of our rejection. So over time, this revelation expands and grows until Christ, who, as John the Evangelist reminds us, is not only the fulfillment of history, the fulfillment of law and the prophets, but also creation itself. You see, theology contemplates this fulfillment, and in doing so reflects upon everything Christ has revealed to us, which includes, as St. Paul reminds us, the teachings that have been handed on. And we should add, handed down, right? I mean, read St. Paul's pastoral epistles, letters to St. Timothy, replete with this call, with this exhortation to Timothy to guard the deposit of faith, guard the teachings which have been handed on to you. So theology operates as a function of the church, whereby the church witnesses to the revelation of the truth of Jesus Christ, and of course the teachings found therein. This certainly is important to be mindful of as we tease our understanding of theology out a little bit. All right, now up to this point, we have considered what we intend to mean when we use the word theology, and even doing theology within the context of arguing for truth's sake, right? We have also pondered the discipline of natural theology and how it points beyond itself, and how from the study of God to faith-seeking understanding to our definition of theology, natural theology, right? How we can study God and creation itself all points to relationship. And as it does, we are made to consider then spiritual theology. According to the great spiritual theologian who you've heard me quote before, Jordan Alman, he says, spiritual theology is that part of theology that proceeding from the truths of divine revelation and the religious experience of individual persons defines the nature of the supernatural life, formulates directives for its growth and development, and explains the process by which souls advance from the beginning of the spiritual life to its full perfection. All right, first let me say this. When we talk about the spiritual life, my friends, we are talking about what? The supernatural life, the life of the Spirit. And as such, what are we then talking about? The life of the sevenfold gift of the Holy Spirit. And how in that sevenfold gift of the Holy Spirit, we are drawn into communion with the very life of God. You cannot exclude the Holy Spirit from the spiritual life no more than you can exclude Christ from Christianity, right? So spiritual theology deals with our study of God in relationship to our life in God, our life in the Spirit. This discipline, spiritual theology, would of course include a, a treatment of the great saints throughout the ages that have offered us great insight into the spiritual life, the mystical life, and, and how the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. When I say the sevenfold gift of the Holy Spirit, for clarification, I mean essentially that life in the Spirit, which speaks to the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are those seven gifts? Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, piety, counsel, fortitude, and of course, the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom. But it also speaks to 
that is the spiritual life and the life in the spirit, the moral virtues, faith, hope, and love, which we all receive in the sacrament of baptism, and the Beatitudes. So any good treatment of the spiritual life and, and any good treatment of spiritual theology is going to deal with those three elements, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, the moral virtues, and the Beatitudes. And certainly we can include in that, I should include in that, the charismatic gifts. So again, that part of theology which proceeds from the truths of sacred scripture and the religious experience of individual persons defines the nature of the supernatural life, formulating directives for its growth and development, and explains the process by which souls advance from the beginning of the spiritual life to its full perfection. Here I'm thinking about St. Teresa of Avila, who was given great insight in how to advance in the spiritual life. So she has given us very clear directives in how to advance in the spiritual life in the light of the gifts of the Spirit, the virtues of faith, hope, and love, the Beatitudes, and so on and so forth, to the point to where we might find ourselves in deep union with God. In the end, the soul that does spiritual theology understands that one can only do theology to the extent <laughs> that theology is a matter of being and contemplation. Once again, what we do proceeds from who we are. So as we talk about doing good theology, we must be mindful that all good doing theology starts with sound contemplation. This is why we've heard from recent popes the importance of all good theology starting on bended knee. All right, as we respond to this question, what is theology and what does it mean to do theology? How do we do theology? It would be important to give a nod towards biblical theology. Um, by the grace of God go I, if you want an example of this, this is what I do in my treatment of the book of Genesis. If you have not been following that program or podcast, please, please go there. And again, by the grace of God, I just do my best to do biblical theology. And so what, what do I mean by that? Well, let me first say this. When you talk about biblical theology, you are talking about that branch of theology, which of course is rooted in sacred scripture. So if theology is the study of God, well, how are we going to study God? But by studying sacred scripture, because sacred scripture is the inspired word of God. And how do you best study sacred scripture, the inspired word of God? But as the church fathers speak to it, and oh, by the way, Jesus Christ himself, read the old in light of the new and the new in light of the old. Get a deep sense of how Jesus Christ is the fulfillment to the prophetic thrust of the Old Testament. We talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament within the context of promise and fulfillment. Well, get to know the promise and you'll better understand the fulfillment. Get to know the fulfillment and you'll better understand the promise. I mean, St. Paul quotes the Old Testament how many times? Over 500 times. If you want to understand Paul, you need to get to know the Old Testament. If you want to understand how Paul is explaining Jesus Christ as the fulfillment to the Old Testament, you have to better understand the promise. Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 39, you search the scriptures because in them they bear witness to me. We read in the Gospel of Luke of the road to Emmaus, where Jesus walking along the road to Emmaus is explaining to the disciples of how he is the fulfillment to the law of Moses. You see, my friends, you cannot get 
at a deeper understanding of the New Testament until you better understand the Old Testament. You want to get to know what Jesus was talking about on the road to Emmaus? Well, read closely the book of Exodus, and there you will discover ultimately what Jesus was talking about. Why do I talk about this within the context of doing theology? Because Jesus gives to us a principle of how to do theology. Study the Old Testament so as to better understand what I've come to fulfill. And not only what I have come to fulfill, but at once transform. And not only transform, but at once call you to share in. That's the message of Paul, that we are given the grace to actually share in the very mystery of Christ. Now, speaking to those principles and speaking to those tools, our faith tradition speaks to them within the context of the senses of Scripture. So we have the literal sense and the spiritual sense. The literal sense is to get at what the author is saying. If you're to turn to the Catechism, paragraph 116, the literal sense is the meaning conveyed by the words of Scripture and discovered by exegesis. That's just a fancy theological word that speaks to reading out of the text. So uh, you read the text and then you, you draw out conclusions from a careful reading of the text. So the literal sense is the meaning conveyed by the words of Scripture and discovered by exegesis. Following the rules of sound interpretation, all other senses of sacred Scripture are based on the literal. So what the Catechism is speaking to there is one has to appreciate the genre of the Old Testament text or whatever it is that you're reading. So for example, if you're reading the Psalms, that is a hymn. So one needs to get into the mind, if it's a Davidic hymn, why David was singing this particular hymn and, and what was the context? What was the, the historical context? What was the cultural milieu? What was the historical setting? And then once you've done that, you can jump into the spiritual meaning of the text. And the spiritual sense is broken down into the allegorical, the moral, and the anagogical. The allegorical is uh, the typological sense of sacred scripture. So as the Catechism notes, one can acquire a more profound understanding of events in salvation history by what? Recognizing their significance in Christ. The example given in the Catechism is the crossing of the Red Sea as a sign or type of Christ's victory and, of course, also of Christian baptism. The moral sense speaks to you know, those events reported in Scripture that ought to lead us to act justly, as St. Paul says, Sacred Scripture was written for our instruction. And the last spiritual sense there, the anagogical sense, a word anagogical that means leading, uh, that is the sense where we are called to view realities and events in terms of their eternal significance, okay? This is where we read Sacred Scripture, and we keep in mind how Sacred Scripture is, is calling us to uh, our heavenly homeland, so the spiritual sense is broken down into three subcategories, if you will. And, and this is very important to doing biblical theology because all throughout the Old Testament do you read of types of Christ. And there, my friends, you discover the pattern of how God works in salvation history. The seamless pattern of how God has provided for us a means to better understand how He communicates and encounters you and I. 
That, my friends, is what biblical theology is all about in a nutshell. (laughs) So, coming full circle and wrapping up our discussion, let me say this. When you start with understanding theology as a faith-seeking understanding, mindful of these various branches, natural theology, spiritual theology, and biblical theology, we should be caught up in doing theology to the extent that our doing is rooted in being, a deep contemplation of what has been revealed to you and I. And in this vein, (laughs) we are all budding theologians. We don't need letters next to our name because we have all been called to seek to understand the natural world, the spiritual world, and we get at that by contemplating sacred scripture and how God has has interacted with man in sacred scripture. Theology is relationship. Amen? Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.